This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jake. On the BetQL Network, Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you. Ah, great 60 minutes on the way here to wrap up the Wednesday edition of the show. We'll get into the NFL coaching carousel coming up in a little bit. We'll talk Brian Callahan being named the next head coach of the Tennessee Titans. The Raiders finalizing their power structure. Antonio Pierce and former Chargers general manager Tom Telesco and everything else going on in the NFL, including if uh, Ken and I think Bill Belichick's going to get a job uh, or if he's just like done as a head coach in the NFL. I think it's all very interesting. We'll give you our bets for tonight at the end of the show. I'm looking forward to that. Got a, at least one or two hockey games I'm looking at. And Ken, we were talking off air, and Matt Moore will join us in just a second. Not the easiest NBA card tonight to handicap, unless you just want to go with, well, Milwaukee just fired their coach. Let's lay it no matter what the price is, no matter who they're playing. Yeah, I mean, I have I have that written down for my NBA bets tonight. Mostly because the market <laughs> I moved against you do. them. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, the, it's, not, it's not even just that. It's like the price too. Like the market moved against Milwaukee by like a point in some places so it's just kind of like all right like maybe i maybe i wasn't that interested and now i'm kind of getting more and more interested as the as the market develops for the game yeah it's it's a it's a weird night we'll talk to matt in a second about it just ton of injuries the bucks Cavs weird spot that you were just mentioning the warriors which like needs to be a basketball conversation at some point maybe it's after this game obviously like we could put basketball to the side for the you know this week because of what happened but they're going to start playing games again which means things are going to start happening again they they're back in action tonight they play atlanta at 10 o'clock so just a kind of a weird night and some like interesting spots that you don't normally see with both milwaukee and with golden state you uh you know who's coaching the milwaukee bucks tonight by the way right while we wait for doc rivers to take over yeah it's our, it's our man the good good and prunty yeah <laughs> not not grady dick but joe prunty no. Coaching the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Uh, joining us right now to talk the Milwaukee Bucks and everything else happening in the NBA, the great Matt Moore from the Action Network. Matt is the host of the Buckets Podcast, which is an amazing daily NBA betting podcast. We encourage our listeners and viewers to check it out. Buckets 
wherever you find your podcasts. All of Matt's written work can be found over at the Action Network. He is on Twitter at HP Basketball, and you can frequently find him as part of BetStream on MNBA TV, and he's sensational in that role, as he is at everything that he does. And he's also a Chiefs fan who had the gall and temerity to tweet during Sunday's game that he was worried about what the result was going to be when his quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. Matt, have ye no shame? No, no, I have no shame. It, it turns out that uh, 30 years of playoff trauma uh, can't even be wiped away by the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, by the way, I loved you guys' analysis on that Ravens game. Uh, I think it's been spot on all week. Uh, excited for this Sunday. We'll see what happens, but man, Patrick Mahomes is good. Uh, just real, yeah, real quick. Like uh, also, how are the uh, how 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 are the enchiladas on Sunday? Oh, they were excellent. Like that that I think was the secret to our success. I may do that again this weekend. <laughs> I'm either doing that or slow cooker yeah. ribs. It's, those are the choices. The old uh, the old superstitious enchiladas. Those will get you every time. It's like I like it's like oh I've been listening to you guys all week. I love your Ravens analysis. You mean where I said the regular season is stupid and doesn't matter? You mean that analysis? <laughs> so it's like just bet. You know what I like to bet on like the the best guy plus. When the price is plus, yeah. bet on the best player. There's as a tip, kids. Write it down, uh, Matt. You, I think when you came on, we were doing the Milwaukee Bucks stuff with the coaching. We did it in the first hour of the show, also since the last time we had you on, like in the last two days. Adrian Griffin gets fired. Doc Rivers is now the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. I guess the right way I could frame this is like: is is Doc Rivers now being the coach of Milwaukee? Does that make you want to bet on anything? I think it probably makes me want to bet Sixers more. I think that's the the oh. angle that I wind up getting to is that I just continue to feel like, look, uh, I, I'm a longtime skeptic of Joel in the playoffs, but he's got the coach that I think is going to cover for him. I think he's got the team that's going to cover for him. And so my concern when they fired Griffin was, because I have not bet Bucks at all, was like, okay, if they hire a coach that can win in the playoffs, I'm going to have to start looking at the upside of the Bucks. They instead hired doc rivers who is most known recently for collapsing with three one leads that's hard to do and yet he does it a lot um doc's a good choice in that he's going to stabilize things the players will feel better about him but he doesn't solve problems in the playoffs and that's where this evolution has kind of come is like it used to be honestly when doc won a championship it was who's the best team who's got the best team and now i honestly feel it's who can solve the most problems that you face Who's got the strongest answer for all the different things that you're going to face? And Doc is inherently not a coach that does that. He's just like, we just got to do what we do better. That's a problem when you're facing Eric Spolstra. That's a problem when you're facing Nick Nurse. It's not a problem when you're facing Joe Mazzula. And yet Joe Mazzula still outcoached him last year. So uh, nothing on Bucks. I think Sixers still represent the best value because it means it's more likely for the Sixers if they want, as long as they wind up in the 2-3, they're in a really good spot to make the conference finals. And then we'll figure out if they can figure out an answer for Boston. But to me, that's like the answer here is it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that the Sixers have more value. It means that the Bucks do not take away equity from what I already thought was the best bet in the East, which is the Sixers. So I think I, I agree with you, by the way. And I, I think I don't want to speak for Ken, but I think Ken does as well. The like the Sixers are probably like our favorite bet at price right now in the Eastern conference. If you, 
if you need, if you wanted to take a shot, Matt, at a longer shot in the East, right, and think maybe the East could play out like last year did, if Boston's really gettable, right, with Missoula, and like we don't feel confident in Tatum as the best player on a championship-winning team. And the Bucks have notorious playoff choke artist Doc Rivers now as the head coach. And look, like uh, you know, we love Nick Nurse and love Embiid. Also, like, can this team get over the hump? Kind of like want to see it happen. Maybe we all think it can happen, but also like it kind of needs to happen. If you had to take a shot with one of the other teams in the East at a big price, and Ken brought up early in the show, maybe the way to do that would be exact finals matchup against Denver or, like, your Western Conference team of choice. If you had to take a shot at one of the other teams outside of the big three in the East, who would it be and why? It's the Heat. So your Knicks are really good, and they're getting better, and I love everything I'm seeing from them, and I think they're going to be wind up as a top-10 team in both offense and defense. The problem is is that they're not going to catch those top three teams, so they're going to wind up in the 4-5 again, and they're going to beat Cleveland. That I don't think Cleveland falls far enough to get caught by anybody. So then they're up against Boston, and the one team I don't want the Knicks to face is Boston. I think they're live versus the Sixers. I think they're live versus the Bucks. But if they wind up in the 4-5 versus the Cavs, they win that matchup, and then their road ends. I don't think they have enough to beat boston so then you look at all right if it's not the knicks who is it and it's the heat it, it's the heat with being able to get into the play-in tournament once again they've got a more balanced offense than they did last year they've got better shooting um they just added terry rosier which is a good ad i'm not like going gaga over terry rosier it's still just terry rosier but he's a good fit and again i just get into which coach are you going to want your money on in these situations are you going to you know and i i do think that nurse for as many answers as he has will struggle with what Miami will throw at Embiid and when you have that kind of advantage that opens things up for you or Milwaukee and so I I continue to think that the Heat no matter how pedestrian they look in the regular season are very much the best bet to go the entire way now if the Knicks fall into the 3-6 that changes my equation like that's what they really need to do is they need to avoid the 4-5 don't be in the 4-5 don't be in the 4-5 and have to face Boston Keep Boston out of your bracket, and the Knicks are live to reach the conference finals. But right now, as I look at the board, it's got to be the Heat uh, with their ability to make a run. So what year is this? Yeah. It's always the stupid team. It's literally like basically every, everything that Matt just said, I agree with him. And everything we said is basically just like, yeah, you could say the exact same thing last year. Like the exact yeah. about everybody. You could just say like the exact same thing. It's like who gets who. Like the, they need to clipper this thing. The Knicks, they got to drop. They got to intentionally lose games to drop out and and get a matchup that they want. And then hopefully it goes well for them. Uh, Matt, since the last time we had you on, so that was kind of like the, the usage of clipper as and, a verb. There, by the way, was outstanding. Yeah, I just wanted yeah, they, to point that out. They're the, they're that. the they're, I don't know if they're the originators, but they're the the perfectors of uh of this uh this form of strategy so the other thing that's happened matt is uh you know and beat scored 70 points it's kind of like one of the other things that happened so he's uh starting to become a pretty big favorite to an mvp and he's playing some games and he goes to Jokic. uh was that next week i think something like that or this weekend maybe and uh yeah so what is it is it now like the market has it right and it's that order and there's nothing else or is there something else interesting to you going on here with most valuable player I think there's an overreaction because if the market was basically like, look, he can't be the favorite because he's going to miss a bunch of games. He's already missed 10. Him scoring 70 versus the Spurs and Zach Collins and 200-pound Victor Wembenyama. Take that, Zach Collins. And, and Jeremy Sohan, to be fair, who they look like, just like, yeah, like poor guys. guys in the game. And, like, look, yeah. and he beasted him. He looked, yeah. he looked like Shaq in that game, and he rarely does that. I will say like a lot of this, as much as there's like this, he doesn't care about the MVP this year. Really? Because he was busting his tail to drop 70 on the Spurs. 
I, I will go back to this. He has played two road games versus teams over 500 this year. Two. He's going to have to play them at some point. If that winds up dropping the win percentage, if that winds up dropping his individual numbers, if he winds up not wanting to sacrifice those individual numbers so that he can still look dominant, the best outcome for Embiid is that he misses just enough games where everyone's like, well, he would have won MVP, but he doesn't actually have to face anybody tough. Like, this is like the dream scenario. He gets all of the credit with none of the criticism. I, I do think if you're heavy on Embiid, as I know you guys are, like, I would definitely be looking at to, at to covering the, these hedges in some meaningful ways with him becoming the favorite again. Whether you just think it's going to be Yoke or if you think it's going to be Shea, I just I still tend to lean towards Shea. Um, I do think it's a three-man race. I think Tatum's like going to finish top five. I do think he'll get in that conversation because there will be like a, they won 65 games. He's got to be on the, on the list. Um, but if Embiid plays enough games, does he win? Yes. He, he's got to do it. And not only that, but he's going to do it by breaking the trend of what he's done this season, which is not playing on the road versus anyone that has a shot of slowing him down. If he does that, then by the time that you, that he does that, the value will be gone. So if you think he will, if you're just like, no, Joel is the man and he is, he's a gamer and he's, he loves competition, then you should get it on him now because that price is going to be gone. But if you're like me and you're like, I don't know, man, he hasn't played in Denver since before the pandemic. Maybe, maybe take some other positions in order to, to cover yourself. Fair enough. Yeah. So there was like, that was like an answer dripping with sarcasm, but like in for very obvious ways. Cause like, you know, be sarcastic about who Embiid's played so far this year and kind of like the strategy that he's taken uh, to try to win another MVP award. Matt, we have like three minutes left. We want to do bets for tonight. Maybe just a minute here on the Warriors. And if you have a bet on Hawks Warriors tonight, this can be like part of this answer. Obviously, like a tragic situation last week, assistant coach. And I I had a couple people message me. Actually, I had a friend, like a friend of a friend was at the hotel, like the same hotel they were staying at. Like it's it's really, really sad. Like, it's actually just incredibly heartbreaking. Uh, but they're back. They I took about a week off, uh, had a couple games postponed, and the Warriors are playing again. And so, like, now that they're going to play basketball again, I think a logical question is, okay, this time off, what what is that for them? Are they going to start? Remember, this was a team that was playing very poorly going into this time off and really was not playing up to their potential. They were talking about trading players. Draymond had just come back from his like, suspension, whatever you want to call it. What are the Warriors going to be going forward here in about 60 seconds? With all sensitivity to the situation, which I know you guys are, we've made that clear. Um, my thing is, is if you're going to buy into the narrative of like, this is the thing that spurs them together, you have to believe that something was lying in wait, that something was there underneath. And instead they've seemed like a broken team. And this instead feels very much more to me. Like this is the kind of year they had, like everything was terrible. Everyone got hurt. Nothing worked. The chemistry fell apart everyone aged out their assistant coach died like a tragedy on on top of all of the other bad stuff that has gone on maybe they respond emotionally because they're athletes and then like they're human and humans find a way to to respond in these situations i don't think they they respond tonight now i don't want to bet the hawks because they're literally the worst team against the spread in the nba um but i am not in like a this is going to turn them around i i am more of the opinion of like this is another and a long story and it'll be like a huge the most impactful thing for them from human standpoint but it's a, yet another in a long line of things that just like nothing went right for them this year and so many things went horribly horribly tragically wrong matt we got 30 seconds to go here uh bets for tonight if you'd be so kind 
Yeah, I'm going to go under. This line has moved against me, but I go ahead and I, I like it anyway. I'm taking under in Suns Mavericks. Uh, under's gone four of six with the Mavericks. Suns defense is top five over the last two weeks. They've actually been playing pretty well on that end. And the, the Mavericks don't present a problem for how they want to defend, uh, specifically on the three-point line. So I like that. I've got the over 234.5 in Charlotte and Detroit. Detroit started to figure some stuff out offensively. It's one of the reasons they've been better against the spread. Don't want to bet Detroit as a favorite because uh, it's Detroit. But I do like the over in that game. I just feel like there'll be a lot of points. So only two total plays for me tonight, under 241, Suns, Mavericks, and over 234.5 in Hornets, Pistons. So what do you, enchiladas or ribs, what do you think you're going with in five seconds? I think I'm going, I think I'm going with slow cooker ribs and you finish them off in the oven, much the same way that the Chiefs will finish off the Ravens. Well, I will, I'll just say this. If they if the Chiefs do lose, it's going to be your fault for not making the enchiladas. On hey, Twitter, I'm making both. Basketball. I'm making okay, both. I, I, if I could choose, I think I'd rather have the enchiladas. The description of them last week was great. Action Network Buckets Podcast. Stay well. Good luck with the bets. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. The great Matt Moore joining us here on You Better You Bet. Spoiled Chiefs fan Matt Moore. Coming up next, NFL coaching news with Nick and Ken. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Yeah, we're in a great mood today. Bring it up, Jay. Coaching hire Brian Callahan in just a moment. But uh, just like because we played a video game song there, um, I found myself yesterday, um, spent some time with my wife's cousins, like little cousins. I like, uh, like I think they're 13, like 10, and like six, like three boys, like great kids. And the eldest is a, is a big video gamer, and the middle one is too, but he plays like one player games, and the, the eldest plays like 2K and like Madden, etc. And it's like, do you want to play Madden? I'm like, yeah, like, would love to play. Uh, I haven't played Madden in long ass time. Been like a year since I played Madden. But when I played, I was like exceptional at it. Like I was really good. I played like when Brinson comes on the show. We get, I played him online before, smoked him like like seventy to three a couple times. So like I used to be really good, and like I still run the same offensive playbook. It's in the same. It's in Madden every year. The run and gun. I know the plays. I can like run, roll out of bed and run my offense. And I thought Ken, it was going to be okay. Like I'm going to smash this kid. Like this stupid thirteen year old. He's not stupid. He's a good kid. But you get what I'm saying. I'm I'm going to roll over him he kicked my ass like absolutely destroyed me in this game and I think right now at the age of 40 I'm officially washed when it comes to video games I don't think I can no longer play like kids anymore and win in games I used to be able to no more kind of like a sad moment in my life I think I need to go like buy like a red sports car or something now right (laughs) 
there's like that mazda commercial where it's like now in the garage something new be like yeah because you're old and and life has passed you by so you buy this twenty two thousand dollar convertible yeah it's great the sun is the same in a relative Uh, way but you're older shorter of breath and one day closer to death let me get that sports car that's tough i i've thought about this before uh, I, I have detailed on the show that I was never good at Madden. I was always terrible, really bad. I compared the Eagles tackling against the Buccaneers to me trying to tackle people in Madden where you're like hitting the wrong button and falling down and all this stuff. But I used to be really good at FIFA. And uh, like probably what was year was I was the best at? Uh, 06 World Cup. I was like top 10 in the world, something like that. And I think I've told a story one time on the show about no, like legitimately the one top in the 10 in the world, like legitimately top 10 in the world. Yeah, because it was on different consoles, but the consoles didn't overlap at that point. So if you had Xbox, you couldn't play people on PlayStation and vice versa. And I was like ninth and I got and you it was random draw, like if you did the matchmaking and I, I got put against the guy who was ranked number one one time. And I still remember the day and uh and like there used to be like a chat function where you could type commands and stuff it was really stupid uh he told me to select the worst team in the world like he goes like pick malawi which is like this african nation that had the lowest rating he literally just goes pick malawi and i like had england was the team that i played as they were not the worst or not the best team but they were like the fifth best team and he's like and i was on england and he goes pick malawi and he like sends it again and i just write back no <laughs> and uh well, why or sorry no i told this sto- i told the story totally wrong i'm sorry so he picked Mal- he's the number one player he picked malawi and he writes i was in gonna the say chat, this big, yeah okay he writes in the chat be brazil that's what he writes in the chat and i go like i'm gonna be English. like what is this be brazil i go why is this guy picking malawi they're the worst team in the in the game and uh so i had to totally i had to totally flip out when i was 25 years ago and uh and so finally, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm England. He's like, all right, fine. So he's Malawi, who's the worst team in the world, and I'm England. And I actually had a one nil lead at halftime, and then I lost like six one. And it's the only time I ever drew against him. I played it for an entire summer, and then I started at ESPN in September, and like, still played FIFA, but was not like, did not have the free time available to perhaps be as good at it as a lot of the other people who were playing. I, I think I think that we need to finagle a way to play FIFA against each other. I was never like top sure. ten in the world, but I feel like I was pretty good at some points. I think it'd be interesting. I haven't played in a long ass time. Uh, wh- who do you think would win, me versus you in FIFA, if we both both picked up the controllers like right now? Oh, right now, probably you would be my guess. I don't. I I, I haven't played FIFA since seventeen. Was probably the last year that I played seven years ago. <sighs> And the game has changed like insanely, like way, 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 way heavier reliance on the, like the joystick for tricks and like to like get past people. Yeah. It's just like, it's really, it's just, it's, I put it this way. I'm sure it's like how like old school football people feel about the modern NFL, like I'm passing it around everywhere. What jerks. Like that's, I just watch people like, Oh, spin, move, spin, move, spin, move. Like that's really neat. Like go practice that for eight hours. So yeah, that's tough. All right, you better, you better hear with Nick and Ken. Uh, our bets are coming up next segment. But for now, let's talk some coaching news in the NFL. And, Ken, we'll start with the uh, the one head coaching hire that's been made in, in a cycle where everything's taking forever. And I don't even mean that as a negative. It's more content for us. Like, stretch the bitch out to March for, for all I care. The, we get to talk about it every single day. I love it. Uh, so one head coaching vacancy has been filled. Brian Callahan, former Bengals offensive coordinator, son of Bill Callahan, who coached the Raiders to the Super Bowl when they got blown out by the Bucks with my guy, Rich Gannon, uh, and led Gannon to an MVP season that year. So Bill, who was, the offense, who was the offensive line coach of the Cleveland Browns, by the way. So his son, Brian, is the new head coach of the Tennessee Titans. And he's based 
basically, Ken. Like the opposite of Mike Vrabel, who was like really intense. Um, Callahan is more of like a laid back sort of dude, less intense than Vrabel, and really credited not just for Joe Burrow's success. I mean, Burrow's awesome. I think like I could be Joe Burrow's offensive coordinator and Burrow would be good. But really, like his work with Jake Browning and how well Browning played, I think really elevated Callahan in the eyes of a lot of and a lot of decision makers to the point that after the Titans hired him, and I was surprised to see this, and I didn't know this, that apparently like he was the top choice of the Carolina Panthers also, and that this was going to turn into a thing, and the Titans felt like they could not wait, so they they hired Brian Callahan as the head coach, and just to tie a bow on what this means for Cincinnati, and just for people to remember this name, Dan Pitcher, like a pitcher in baseball, or like a pitcher of soda, whatever. Uh, He was Cincinnati's quarterback's coach. He had been getting interviews for offensive coordinator jobs. He becomes now the offensive coordinator for the Bengals. And the thought is, and look, I, I don't know Dan Pitcher from Adam, is that this guy's like one of like the next guys and should do like a really good job with the Cincinnati Bengals offense. Obviously, it helps when you have when you have Joe Burrow. Um, Ken, I'll ask you for your take in a second here, if you've got one on Tennessee. It's kind of like how we view their offseason, like Will Levis will be the guy next year. But I wanted to read this quote from Titans owner, Amy Adams Strunk. And Ken, I know that you did not watch the show, the show Succession. I still think you should because you'd really like it. It's great. But there's a character on the show named Kendall Roy who often speaks in like corporate platitudes and like just buzzwords and phrases and says like a lot of stuff without making any it's like word salad, basically. Listen to this quote from Amy Adams Strunk. Ready? This is not my father's NFL. As our league continues to evolve in areas like analytics, sports science, and technology, football organizations have become more complex and multifaceted. I want our football operations to be at the forefront of the NFL as teams continue to find new competitive advantages. In this new role, Chad, who's like the guy overseeing, Chad like Blinker, I think his name, will blend his executive experience with his strengths in football and scouting to ensure our football operation continues to innovate and grow as new operations opportunities emerge what the hell does any of this mean does that make sense to anyone here's like the owner of the titans like ai wrote this line it seems like they're about the cover sports illustrated next week shout out to them so anyway just felt like reading because i thought that was funny um anything for you on brian callahan going to the tennessee titans uh i don't really have a lot to offer here i think the afc south win totals will probably end up being fun next year because this year anytime you have like a a really down year in, in a division or a perceived down year which is what this year was supposed to be for the AFC South, new coaches, rookie quarterbacks, and one team, Jacksonville, that everybody thought kind of stood head and shoulders above everybody else. Okay, well, what we saw this year was like a lot to get excited about from a lot of those teams. There's going to be a lot of excitement about Houston. There's going to be a lot of excitement about Indianapolis and Anthony Richardson coming back playing quarterback for them. And Jacksonville, you know, it's going to be kind of run it back and try not to embarrass yourselves this time with like a similar roster and a lot of pressure on the coach and the quarterback to do better. And then there's Tennessee. So it's like, all right, it's, you know, and and maybe that's unfair to Tennessee. Like, why can't they be Indianapolis or Houston? And they have Levis and they have a rookie quarterback. Just like Indianapolis did it and Houston did it. So there's like the expectation is like, that's what it is now. And, you know, I, I think Tennessee like almost assuredly will be picked to finish last in the division before the season starts and almost assuredly have the lowest win total in the division when the season starts, maybe like slightly below Indianapolis would probably how I would, how I would have it right now, but like all four will be rated much better. 
Well, Tennessee won't. The other three will be rated much better than they were last year. So AFC South will be kind of fun when we get back around. Like, I think a lot of the questions or a lot of the discussions we'll have on the show during the summer will be like, how much of what happened last year do you think like either is predictive or carries over to the season, both with Indianapolis and with Houston being good and with Jacksonville and how they fell apart down the stretch. And the other thing I will just say on Tennessee and we'll move on past the Titans, like the, the roster is not very good. Like Le- no. Levis might be the guy and he might be really good. So like that, that'll carry them to some degree of respectability if the quarterback's going to be really good and that like, the head coach is good. This team needs a lot of help on defense, specifically in the back end. All year we talked about how this was a pass-funnel defense. They got to get some more talent on the secondary. Also, like Derrick Henry is not going to be back. Literally, after after the Week 18, like the win over Jacksonville, he addressed the crowd at the stadium and was like, Later, suckers. Been great to be here. So, I'm out. King out. So, so, he'll, so he's not going to be there. So we think Ty J. Spears is going to be the running back. I think Ty J. Spears is awesome. Also, he doesn't have an ACL. How's that going to hold up if he's like the guy first? He actually literally doesn't have ACLs. How's that going to hold up for a full season? And then at the receiving core, like there's there's not a lot here. It's like DeAndre Hopkins who's another year older. Is Traylon Burks ever going to be that guy? Like there's not a lot of talent there. And the offensive line was terrible last year. So we can love Will Levis. You could be really bullish in Brian Callahan. And also I think acknowledge, right, like what Ken just told you about the division and also some like serious misgivings about the 53 man roster that has to be improved. Not saying like they can't get there eventually in time. I think it's probably really unlikely that this team is going to be like very good or maybe even like good next season with a new head coach. Cause we know for is obviously nails in these spots yeah. or even average to Ken's sure. point. I think he's right. You better, you bet here with Nick and Ken. Um, I will give you Ken dealer's choice. I'll give you a couple oh, NFL like stories here. Can Go for Fangio? it. That, that was one of them. Yeah. Uh, Okay, great. So I, uh, I, this is be like a really small appetizer to something we'll probably do either the you know next week because we'll have a lot of space, or after the season we'll do, we'll start doing it a lot more. I was surprised how <laughs> sometimes like I'll do something and I'll think like oh man everyone's gonna pick this thing up because it's like so easy and like the college basketball stuff I do I've seen it now in like fifty places leading into this tournament which is cool like it's fun stuff like it's not I don't own the ability to analyze college basketball champion and tell you who's going to win, whatever. Um, the the DVOA predictive power in terms of the Super Bowl winner the next year, I thought was like such an easy like slam dunk for like other people to do content-wise. I haven't really seen it anywhere. So pick up, pick up your game, people. Uh, but the, the trend is like really remarkable and it applies to this season. So the historical trend is super easy. Um, every year since the 2003 Patriots or 2001 Patriots, whatever year they won and they cheated, um, every single Super Bowl winner, was top seven in offense or defense in DVOA the year before they won the Super Bowl. So right now we know who was top seven, like this year. And if we're going to look at next year's Super Bowl champion, which we'll do a lot more later, then we actually have a small list of teams to pick from already in terms of like who's actually just going to win the Super Bowl next year. We kind of already know, like a really small group. And uh, we can actually spin this forward because we're going to get another one this year. All four representatives in conference championship weekend, San Francisco and Detroit, Baltimore and Kansas City, were top seven in either offense or defense last year. Not this year that just ended, but the year before in uh, in offense or defense in DVOA, which is pretty interesting. Uh, top four is usually extremely predictive also. If Kansas City or San Francisco wins, it'll be 17 of the last 20 years the Super Bowl winner was top four in offense or defense the year before they won the Super Bowl. Okay, why am I bringing this up in regard to Vic Fangio? Uh, maybe he can fix everything. He's awesome. There's a lot of talent still on the roster. 
And that's really great. And they kind of had like a Super Bowl loser kind of a curse at the end of the year. Just kept dropping games. Everything fell apart. Defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, all that stuff. Uh, they also didn't finish top seven in offense or defense because they were so bad. They didn't even come close in a couple of the categories. So when we talk about the teams that I'm going to be really interested in, I don't really bet Super Bowl champion like that far in advance, but just like your short list of teams that you would consider. For Super Bowl champion, there are two really interesting things about that list that are topical. One is that Philadelphia is nowhere near the contender list for next year. So they can hire Vic Fangio, they can hire Vince Lombardi, they can hire whoever. I, I don't care and I'm not interested. And maybe that's my mistake and I'll be proven wrong, but like whatever, this works literally every year. Why would this year be different? They're not that special. Uh, and then the other thing that's really interesting is Kansas City's not really in the top of the these lists either. So like kind of one of my theories, they're seventh in defense. That's how they would kind of make it onto the list for next year. And the offense wasn't as good. One of my theories is kind of like with Brady, I think they're going to win and it's going to be like the end of this run for them. And then Mahomes doesn't come back and win again for a long time. Wow. Like a decade? Well, Brady took a little bit. He got back to the game a bunch. Very interesting. All right, on the other side, we'll give you all our bets for tonight, and we'll hit another a couple more coaching headlines in the National Football League. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. All right, so thank you, Sadol, out here. As I literally spilled water all over myself for people that are watching the show can see. It happens. Uh, some thank yous to Dolab before we wrap up the show with a little bit more on the NFL coaching carousel, and then we'll give you our best bets. We had five amazing guests on the show today, and we appreciate all of them. They are as follows. Dave Wanstead, the coach. Pete Prisco, whatever. Jeremy Roenick, NHL legend. Ryan Noonan, who's awesome. And then Matt Moore, the great Matt Moore. Thank you to all five of our amazing guests on the show today. Our executive producer is Alex Fasano. Our technical director is Tyler Morales. Our engineer is Jake the Snake Hassan. And our video producer is God's Perfect Creation. Downtown, Mike Brown. Coming up after us, a four-hour live betting extravaganza known to you and yours as BetMGM Tonight. Don't miss it. Coming up after us here on the BetQL Network from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, bets are coming up in a moment. Uh, so we did the dealer's choice, Fangio, Eagles. I thought you gave us a really good answer on that. Just kind of like something maybe predictive heading into next year for Philadelphia. I kind of gave my thought on it already. Like it's it's a great hire for Philly. Maybe it doesn't spur them to win a championship next year, but like, like massive upgrade over Sean Desai and Matt Patricia. So have to love the hire if you're an Eagles fan. Like if you like the Eagles next season to be better than they were this season, I, I think this is a home run hire. Um, the other stuff that I have written down here, Ken, and we can do dealer's choice now. We can save some of the stuff for tomorrow. Antonio Pierce and Tom Telesco confirmed as the coach-GM combo in Las Vegas with the Raiders. The Jaguars, I think this was kind of like an under-the-radar hire, hiring former Falcons defensive coordinator who was like dismissed along with Arthur Smith when the, the Falcons let go of that staff. Ryan Nielsen is the new defensive coordinator in Jacksonville. Like a sneaky, like awesome hire by the Jaguars, like a really highly regarded defensive coach. And we can also talk about the future of, uh, of Bill Belichick. Um, which I think could go in a couple of different directions. You could do Harbaugh also, Ken. So dealer's choice for you. What stands out to you there as interesting? And we can kind of bandy it about. Um, I mean, from a betting oh, standpoint. Oh, 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 
I was about to say, I don't know if I have a lot. We've got breaking news. We got breaking news. Now I have a lot. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh can will be the next head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers per ESPN's Adam Schefter. So we'll do more on this tomorrow. We'll get to bets for tonight, but maybe we could produce a good social video here for everyone. So Ken, and, oh and, and by the way, if we do cut the social video, Tyler, the video can start after my three count here. Three, two, <laughs> one. ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting, Ken, that Jim Harbaugh will be the next head coach of the L.A. Chargers, leaving Michigan after winning the national championship. Now he goes to Southern California to coach up Justin Herbert. Jim Harbaugh, comma, head coach, comma, L.A. Chargers. Uh, betting thoughts here very, very early on in the process. Yeah, look, I, the two things that stand out first are uh, you, can do, you, can, you, you can do a lot better than Brandon Staley, and they did. And so your expectation for the Chargers, the betting markets are going to, much like they were with the Chargers the last few years, they're going to be obsessed with the Chargers. The win total is going to be really high, uh, probably too high. The odds to win the division, Patrick Mahomes is still in the division. The Chargers, maybe the second choice, maybe their odds flirt with Kansas City's, depending on what their offseason, their draft is like. The Chargers, so look, like there's going to be a lot of optimism. I don't know if I would play into that and bet the over, but like there's going to be a lot of optimism because this is a really big name. Uh, the second part, and I don't know if we were necessarily going to do this here, um, Ohio State has made it a point this offseason to break the bank to spend an unconscionable sum of money to buy players to come play for them in the hopes that they can win the expanded playoff next year. Um, and that all helps. And they've gotten some really good players. The thing that helps the most is that this, this guy's gone now. He's a guy that had their number the last few years. Maybe Brian Kelly ends up being the coach of Michigan or somebody else, or they promote from within Sharon Moore, one of the coordinators. Like, whatever they want to do, uh, this helps Ohio State too. And I'm not saying Ohio State's going to win the playoff, but, man, if you're like – Columbus fans probably would never say this out loud, but, like, man, if you're there and you're like Ryan Day or you're, you know, somebody in, the, in that school, that organization, that athletic department, you're just like, yes – you're throwing yes. a party. I don't even. <laughs> yes. I, don't, I don't even think whether we should like right. undersell that. Like they're probably they're yeah. celebrating right now. And they're, look, they're probably going to be the favorite to win the national champion. I mean, they just they're just raiding the portal and uh, and spending a lot of money. And so they will be really highly rated next year. And this move obviously improves their path to having a lot of success next season. Um, what do you th and like? We have a whole off season to go. So this is not like a freeze, like a freezing cold takes thing here. This is in pencil, not pen. What would you guess right now? The Chargers' win total will be next season, and like this can we can get there, and this can be off based on things that happen. Just like spitballing initial thought, Chargers' win total next year. The Harbaugh Herbert combination. I mean, look like what Staley Herbert's been in that like nine, nine and a half range every year and expect to have 10 expectations have been really high minus to make the playoffs. Uh, I would expect at, at least the same number, despite how they played this season. I would expect something like a nine and a half or a 10. That's really standard for like not the best of the best, but the next level of teams, your Dallas's, um, the Jets, teams like that, like are frequently rated in that range. That's what I would expect for the Chargers. Uh, and I'll just give you my initial thought. And if you have an initial thought also, if it's going to open nine and a half, my sense is, is that it'll get bet up. And obviously, look, things can change. There could be injuries. There could be, we'll see what happens this off season. My sense is, Ken, is that that would get bet up. Like Chargers nine and a half would get bet up. Maybe it would go to 10 or at least be like a heavily juiced nine and a half. I, I bet the over. And I get it. Like, it's like it happens every year with the Chargers. And then it's like Lucy pulls the football away from you, the better Charlie Brown. And we all end up losing money and everyone's laughing at us. 
great. Like that's with like Brandon Staley and Anthony Lynn and like uh, you know the, the co- coaches like this. I I do not anticipate that happening, Ken, with Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh is one of the best coaches we've seen both at the collegiate and the NFL level in a really long time. He wins everywhere he goes. Went to San Francisco and they're immediately in the NFC Championship game. This, I'm not saying like the Chargers are going to the AFC Championship game, but if my bet is Jim Harbaugh to win 10 games, double-digit games, in a 17-game season with his quarterback being Justin Herbert? I don't know, man. Like, maybe that's this is the most square opinion of all time, and they go 9-8 and eight next year. It's certainly possible. I don't know how that bet loses if it's going to be 9.5. Like, charge with, with this coach and, and Herbert? They're, of course they're going to win 10 games. He's the, he's the best, Harbaugh. He's unbelievable. Yeah. I think, uh, look, like, I mean, you're, you're bullish – ceiling like highest ceiling projection for how this goes is next year they make the playoffs they have like a really i'm gonna guess the offense well you would hope it would flourish even in the first year with herbert and receivers and uh and then they parlay that the second year into either a championship game appearance or a super bowl appearance and we see this we did that coach quarterback pairing thing and maybe we do a little bit more on this tomorrow now that we have this story like okay like herbert staley we knew that wasn't the thing they picked one they're obviously going to pick the quarterback if this thing is going to click, history would tell us it's going to click like in the first couple of years is when it's going to click. So, you know, I think your your absolute ceiling prediction is it takes one year to get everything the way they want it. And then the second year it's off and running uh, and it's championship game or it's, you know, maybe an appearance in the Super Bowl. And I think that's uh, actually reasonable. There are rumblings, by the way, that um, that the Chargers, uh, as the GM that they're going to hire to pair with Jim Harbaugh, will be Giants assistant general manager Brandon Brown. It's like very highly regarded. Also went to Fordham. Hashtag Ramily. Wow. So I think that that will be your new power structure. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'll be your power structure in Los Angeles. So look, like I again, I get it. Like we do this every year with the Chargers. My opinion, and I'm willing to be wrong, like I am with anything. It's just different insert like emoji with like the the huffing nose or whatever it's different if it's jim harbaugh like it actually is different nine and a half harbaugh and herbert i'll bet the over and if i lose i lose and i'll tip my cap to the other teams whatever i think he's that good a head coach and the spanos family's gonna pay him they lived they were true to their word by the way they said they were gonna spare no expense they landed one of the the biggest the biggest fish if not the biggest fish he's not gonna have to play nice with people He's going to have full run to do whatever the hell he wants. This ain't going to be like it was in San Francisco, having to answer to that idiot Trent Balky. I think it's going to go really well for Jim Harbaugh in Los Angeles, yeah. starting in year number one. Last, last note, and, uh, and we can do picks for tonight really fast. It's fine. Go quite quickly. So something really important happened. Um, I think a lot of people will draw a comparison between this and the bullishness around this to Sean Payton being hired as the coach of the Broncos. Because to be fair, you could you could sit there and say, well, it's different when it's Sean Payton. He won a Super Bowl, and it and it didn't go that way. And you could be like, well, Herbert's different than Russell Wilson. Like, and it's not going to play out the same way. Just like, I'd like I'd like to see how it goes a little bit. Like, I'm I'm not betting the over on nine and a half ten. I think they're a likely team to make the playoffs. The market will definitely have them as yep. a likely team to make the playoffs. I'll also do one other thing. Like, just what one other thing market to think about. Uh, when Sean Payton was hired, he immediately became a huge favorite to be coach of the year. Uh, when the market opened, this is your favorite to win coach of the year this year, almost certainly with how they played this year. Uh, great, great job. Great job getting all that in at the end there. So really good analysis, I think, on Jim Harbaugh. Again, just named the new head coach of the L.A. Chargers. We'll give you more on it coming up tomorrow. But for now, we'll give you the bets for tonight and apologize for the brevity of this because we did have breaking news at the end of the show. Jake the Snake kindly dropped the dope-ass beat. 
BetMGM is our show sponsor. They have a refer-a-friend program. Sign into your account. Click on the promotions tab. Also, this is I, I think we do the best show. Like, that's one of the reasons why. I'm just being honest with everybody. Sign into your account. Click on the promotions tab. In a few simple steps, you and your buddy will receive a $100 bonus. Details can be found at BetMGM.com. Download the BetMGM app. Start winning with the king of sportsbooks. Ken, kindly please. Bets for tonight, NBA and NHL. Yeah, to be fair, I went really fast the other night. Boston, Boston, win-win. So maybe we'll have some of the same luck tonight. Uh, I'm going to continue fading Winnipeg on this East Coast road trip that they're on because uh, I think they're more fraudulent than their record indicates. Uh, Boston beat them the other night. Let's take Toronto, who got that in the market, about minus 140, 145 to win that. That's the only game in hockey that I like. In the NBA, I'm actually playing both narrative situations. Can't go into detail because of what happened with Harbaugh. Uh, I'm laying the Bucks at six and a half. And people want to bet the Hawks still, even though they're like the worst team covering in the NBA. I will now lay the Warriors at six, a reduced price, which makes no sense to me. So Bucks and Warriors for me tonight. Uh, Bucks, I think. And that's obviously, it's like the coach gets fired, like bounce. I'm with Ken 100% on Milwaukee. I like the Golden State all, narrative also. The Golden State, it's not a narrative, obviously, after what happened. But the Golden State situation here against an Atlanta Hawks team without Trey Young. Ollie, the the, uh, the Golden State Warriors also. So, Ken, you and I will be uh, not mano we mano, but we will be simpatico on both games tonight in the NBA. Hockey bets for yours truly. I'll lay the Vancouver Canucks minus the on, on the puck line against St. Louis. Jeremy Roenick likes that as well. And I'm with you here. And I actually was kicking myself the other night, Ken, for not playing the Bruins with you against the Winnipeg Jets. I won't make that same mistake tonight. I'll lay the Toronto Maple Leafs puck line tonight against Winnipeg. And uh, that does it for the wonderful Football Wednesday edition of the show. We got so much in today. This was an awesome, awesome edition of the program. Ken, have a great night. I'll talk to you tomorrow on a tremendous Football Thursday. Sounds good. Uh, We will do some awards tomorrow for people who have been clamoring for that. So more to come on that tomorrow. We look forward to it. The show is going to be absolutely sensational coming up tomorrow. But until then, I am Nick Costos wishing you, dear listener and dear viewer, minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. Thanks for listening to You Better You Bet. Up next, it's BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.